My life be like everyone welcome in to the anox podcast welcome back and and i'm joined by anak peter hello um, hello everyone i'm anak ryan and today topic of discussion nfl 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 um last podcast and and if you were able to watch that thank you for your support thank you for tuning in we talked about nba and basketball and the finals as that's concluding, we're going to pivot a little bit with our discussion and we're going to go over the NFL season as it's 25% completed. Uh, can't believe that. It's already been 25% of the year um, already done. And just kind of going over fantasy talk because Peter, myself, um, I'm commissioner in our league and, and we're going to go over some of the strategy we had going into the year and kind of how our teams have fared. Uh, up to this point. And then we're going to go into talk to some real football, segue into some of our predictions that we had in our previous podcast, go over that as well as looking forward and what we've been impressed with so far. Will we have a Ayun moment or top three Ayun moment? You'll have to wait and see if we have a segment on that. We might, we just might. Um, it's been a popular uh, a segment in our podcast. So interested to to see if we will have that stay tuned but yeah peter how you doing first and foremost hello anak hello anak i'm doing well uh hello viewers welcome in again thank you again for all those who have subscribed and who have liked and commented both good and bad i, I hear the bad too don't worry about that when i say your words mean something to me at the end of my videos i mean it uh but <laughs> <laughs> but i'm doing well i'm happy to obviously be here with you anak as always uh, and we're just here to have a little around the cooler chat. You know, I know a lot of us have been not able to work or have been working from home and maybe we've missed that opportunity to, to have that around the cooler chat with your fellow coworkers and friends. So we're happy to have y'all join in and join in our discussion. I hope y'all comment below. Uh, don't be shy. Uh, we love your opinions, no matter if it's good or bad or if it's a hot take, whatever it is, please join our discussion. And as Ryan just said, we're going to be talking about some NFL football today. Da -da -da, da -da -da. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Again, uh, NFL talk today. We're going to dive straight into it. All right. We're going head in first. We're talking fantasy football. For those of you who are either in a fantasy football league or maybe on the fence about joining, because I know that, you know, with many people are intimidated by 
you know, oh, I, I don't want to join because I don't know what I'm doing type vibe. Here at the Anox podcast, you know, we're going to talk a lot fantasy, um, but we're also going to be able to, you know, answer any questions that you have or hopefully give you some insight on potentially joining next year because with my league that, that I've joined or that I've created last year, it's called Beginner's Luck. And as the title or the name of our league would indicate, you know, some of the players in our league we, we are, are newbies, uh, are fresh meat, as I like mm. to call them. And so we give them the opportunity with our league to still keep it competitive and talk shit when you want to talk shit, but still be able to learn. And, and that's why years moving forward, um, we can have this as the basis of our foundation and, and how we started uh, to learn about fantasy football. But about our league, when me and Peter are going to be discussing it right now, I just want to give some context behind our league and, and how it's formatted. Um, we play a PPR league, so one point per reception. It's going to be six points for every throwing uh, touchdown. So I'm going to key highlight those. Um, and then so we start one QB. You're going to start two running backs. You're going to start two wide receivers. You have two flex positions, so it can be a wide receiver, running back, or tight end one defense and one kicker, and then your bench is comprised with, with your bench. But, but that's kind of how it's broken down, and it's a 10-team league. And so that's kind of the foundation of our league, and, and, and we'll go from there. Peter, I want to get your insight and your opinion. I know that the draft was you know, about a month ago. You know, you've seen how some of those players have panned out. How did your draft go, and how do you feel about it now? I'm not going to sugarcoat it, Ryan. Uh, currently, it's not very good. It's not turning out well. Mm, yeah. Uh, it, I had a lot of promise going in. I mean, the draft did go well. I mean, don't get me wrong. I got Mike Thomas as my, my number one. And logic there was, I mean, he, he was able to produce with Teddy Bridgewater last year. They went 5-0 and with him. And with an old Drew Brees his whole career so far. So, I mean, there's no reason why Mike Thomas, if healthy – wouldn't produce and that that that's the if only thing is that he's not been healthy he got injured on kind of a fluke play when a garbage play towards the end when they're just running out the clock and he hasn't played since then and that's disappointing uh and also disappointing is some of my other t players on my team uh I, I, I too many times i live in the past when i choose my players for whatever reason i like choosing guys who i could rely on from past fantasy leagues. I've won a fantasy league once. So sometimes I hang on to guys. For instance, I have Odo Beckham Jr. on my team, who's done well. He did well last week. I think he had 38 points, which is awesome. But I'm living off the pass a little bit too much. Uh, that catch he made was what? I mean, that was like four, five years ago now. I've got to move on. And that's just one of the, my bad habits. I'm sure a lot of people have uh, when they choose their players. But I'm not one to wheel and deal and panic once, uh, once I'm 0-4 right now. So I'm not one to wheel and deal like that. Now, I have made some good trades with Ryan because I see value in those players I'm trading for. But uh, I'm not panicking. I know I'm disappointed so far with my players, uh, and I need to break away from bad habits. But I'm not panicking. Uh, we'll see how these things go. I've got a couple players playing in this game Thursday night. That I mean, I'll probably – this recording will probably be released by the time they play, but Allen Robinson and Jimmy Graham are in my starting lineup. Hopefully they can uh, kickstart some things.
start indeed yes yeah. peter um but also looking at you 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 drafted mike thomas and that was the first wide receiver to come off the board in our draft. Mm -hmm. You were drafting in what slot? Were you the seventh pick or the sixth I, pick? I, I was middle. I think I was uh, six pick. Yeah. Six pick. So, I mean, and going into the draft, I think most fantasy analysts or, or most NFL fans, I mean, you get Mike Thomas there, you're happy with it. Even with a one-point PPR, like that in specific. Um, but yeah, I think you touched on it right now and, and you hit on that point. It's just fantasy football is what have you done for me now? Not hmm. what have you done for me last year, two years ago, and so on and so forth. And, and myself too. Um, and both of us are, are pretty veteran when it comes to fantasy football. We fall in love sometimes with, with the name brand. You know, hmm. The name brand. And I think with your team in specific, two years ago, I look at your team and I'm like, man, this team is loaded. And, and right now, even with the, with the likes of of Odell, Mike Thomas, you know, you, you, you even made some acquisitions as, as you mentioned, but even Le'Veon, who's still on your eye. Right, Le'Veon Bell. Potentially mm -hmm. is going to be coming back this, ye uh, this week, I should say. Um, those, those are names that are very, very familiar with all NFL fans, but, but even fantasy football. I mean, Le'Veon a few years ago was the number one overall pick in fantasy. Mm -hmm. And so you have the talent-wise, name brand-wise, but I think it's, it's – it's a struggle because it's like it's so tough to forget about what have you done for me in the last few years and and look at it from that approach going into this new year where there's a lot of other players that not necessarily are those name brand players that are really really like putting their best foot forward and, and producing but your team anak right now the team name is doesn't matter mm. doesn't matter you're sitting at 0-4, Anak. What are your predictions moving forward, though? I know we've talked about what have they done right now. Do you see yourself making those right moves? You made some moves with me. We've made some acquisitions and trades with me. Um, but do you still have that confidence in your team moving forward to make that playoff run? Again, six teams make the playoffs. I forgot to mention this. Ten-team league, six teams make the playoffs with the first two seeds getting that bye week similarly to how NFL was in past years. I know they've shifted things this year, but, but similarly to how things were done in NFL conferences last year and, and the years past, do you see yourself making that, that six teams or that top six to make a shot at the, at the championship run, even though you started Owen six? I do. Uh, Owen four, not, not Owen four. Owen four. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Owen four. But yeah, I mean, I still do. I mean, I think, What's I think six places either only got one win or, or two wins, and I mean I'm probably going to be playing with them somewhere down the line. Like I said with Mike Thomas, he's been injured, but he's coming back very soon. Le'Veon Bell, he's on my IR. He's possibly coming back very soon. And the trades I made with you, who you're four and zero, and these guys that I made trades with, they're pretty much been on your bench, which is incredible to you. Uh, I'll ask you the same question as as soon as I'm done. But I feel like I'm I'm right there. I mean, there's like I said, I'm not panicking. Just because you're 0-4, there's plenty of time to go. There's still, what, like 10 weeks to go in terms of football, fantasy football. So just keep grinding away. Look, I mean, it's all fantasy. I don't have any influence on them. I can't go tell them, hey, run this play to him, or do that or do this. But I have confidence in my players I chose, and I'm not one to panic and completely wheel and deal recklessly. I'm going to stick by my team, and we're going to do well. Yeah, and I think that what comes with that, mentality is your your years of experience doing fantasy i think that 
um, put in the position of someone that's new to fantasy, you know, you start 0-4, you're, you're, you're scrambling at this point if you're new. But I think with the experience that you've had, you know, you're still going to be calm and you're going to be composed under this. And, and knowing week in and week out, each week is a new week. And just put your best lineup up front and you'll have a shot at winning. And, and something with um, something that I, I, I've noticed with your team too is, you know, they're getting the touches. They're getting that opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're not making the most of it. And I think as time will, will, will tell, your players are just start going to, they're start going to, they're going to start, you know, getting those points forward. I, I'm looking ready. at your team right now. Odell last week, last week, he had that monster game, as you mentioned, 38 points. I mean, that Jarvis uh, to, to Odell connection, <laughs> we might touch point on that in a little bit but it just showed still odell has that capability and then once you get mike thomas back once you get le uh, back J- uh mckinnon who you've acquired through trade with me um you know he has someone that's been consistent throughout and then fournette of course with fournette his injuries problems and then just that tampa bay backfield is a little bit up in the air on it's on, crowded isn't it yeah it's crowded there with with Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn and, and Leonard Fournette there. So, but still you have the best kicker in big nut sluts. Yes, sir. Um, and, and you have the best defense or one of the best defenses in the Ravens defense. And so that's not something to um, forget about as well. And I think moving forward, I'm hoping your team doesn't make the playoffs because definitely I'll be scared of them. But at this point in time, as you mentioned with, with how the league is, has kind of trans uh, or how, how the league has unfolded, you're still in that prime position to make a playoff run because, I mean, sixth place is one in three still. So, I mean, you're only mm-hmm. really one game out. How are you feeling about your team? You're 4-0. <laughs> you're on top of the world right now. And, and part, part of it is due to Kamara. Mm. I mean, I, I would say all of it is due to Kamara. Uh, just because... I hate to bring it up, Peter, but I will because I know your brother is probably going to be watching this and, and listening to this. But I was down, I forget the number, but I was down a good 35 points going into Monday Night Football, you know, first game in Las Vegas, first game opening up that stadium. I had one player playing, and that one player was Alvin Kamara. <laughs> and I said, 35 points, I mean, that is asking a lot, a lot, a lot from. Mr. Alvin and he delivered and I think he delivered on like the last drive of the game where Saints were already down 10 meaningless you know throw in the flat right to Kamara got me what two yards but with the one point PPR got me over that hump garbage yeah and and I beat Peter's brother and, and Queer David his team's name is Joe Burrow but beat David and that that kind of gave me that momentum moving forward, and I've been four and zero, and I'm four and zero going into this uh, this week five matchup where I'm playing um, one of my best friends or my best friend's team, Nico Espinoza. He's three and one. His team Strong. name is Move Move. He has Lamar Jackson. He has Todd Gurley. He has Clyde Edwards Tiller. That's going to be a good matchup. But but in regards to my team, I'm very confident. Kittle was dealing with an injury, so I drafted Kittle as, as my tight end. I drafted him pretty early as, with my 24th pick, but I said, I got to grab Kittle. He's been injured. 
up until week four where he had that monster of a game, 15 receptions, 15 Ooh. targets. I mean, my goodness. He gave me, I think, a little bit north of 40 points. Very happy with him. And then what I've been doing and what I think is necessary in all fantasy leagues is just being really, really adamant in waiver wire pickups, being very um, mindful of not only who's available, but who's being dropped. Mm-hmm. Who's being dropped by those teams that are you know, maybe hitting that panic button and dropping those big name players or players that still have that opportunity. So to all the fantasy football players out there, you know, always be mindful of that waiver wire. And Peter, you touched on that earlier too. And that's why I have no panic with your team is because I know you're going to make those smart moves on the waiver wire and with the trades when they come across. Um, because the waiver wire, that's how you win the league. And, and I say this too, uh, on, on draft day, I said, you know, your draft is not won on draft day, mm-hmm. but your draft could be lost on draft day. And you made, you had a good draft, but really it's won through the waiver wire. You got to pick up people like here and there to, to fill out your team. Yep. And you're very active. And that's one thing I've noticed with people who are very successful in fantasy football is they're just active in, in those wa- waiver wires and just looking for added value in trades. And that's something you do. And if you're there, I wouldn't be surprised late in the season if you're there. Oh, maybe me and Peter will be uh, on a collision course, perhaps. Uh, maybe in the semifinals, maybe in the, hopefully not in the wild card round, because I'm looking for that one-two buy. I'm looking for that buy. The playoffs? Uh, playoffs? We're talking playoffs? I just want to win a game. Huh? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and, and doesn't matter right now? Yeah. Hopefully it does matter who you start this week because they're going to go off. And, and uh, with the viewers and, and with the people watching and listening to this, we're going to keep you updated too as well. Who knows if this branches off to its own segment of, of this fantasy league and how me and Peter's team and the rest of the league is faring. But as of now, um, my main contributors are Kamara mm. and Ezekiel Elliott. And you're going to say, well, how did you get both? How did you get both Kamara and Ezekiel, how in the world did you get both? And I'm going to say, I made some acquisitions. Everyone knows the big week that Devontae had in week one. And Scary Terry, uh, Mr. Terry McLaren, uh, he had a great week two, I believe, or three, if I'm not mistaken. I made a good acquisition in, in getting Ezekiel Elliott for those of, of those two players. So I've solidified my backfield. And... Like I mentioned, I drafted Kittle at the 24th pick. So those three are, are my kind of three-headed horse um, right now with my team. I'm really banking on that. And then I, with, with Peter, me and him made, an, made a trade earlier this week. So I traded away Jared McKinnon, Drew Brees, and Mr. Juice Landry. Mm. And I acquired Kyler Murray and um, Mr. A.J. Green. So... That's pretty much where my team is, is headed forward, um, but, but on the foundation of those pieces, as I just mentioned. Peter, if we can lastly just touch up on, on your fantasy team and, and your key contributors or who you think your team is going to rely on in weeks to come, and we'll segue into some real football after that, but we'll end the fantasy talk right now with your team. Sure thing. Uh, like I said, Mike Thomas is coming back pretty soon, hopefully this week. He's definitely going to be a strong contributor. Odo Beckham has... Been a strong contributor for me. Uh, last week, he had a great, great week. 
I think he'll continue it. I, I like the where the Browns are going. That's why I also wanted Jarvis Landry. I saw he was on your bench. So I was like, I got to pick up. I think these two, if one's not getting it, the other will. So I, I'm really confident in where the Browns are going as, as much as people are probably going to laugh at that. But the Browns are headed upwards, I'm telling you. I, I'm still uncertain about my tight end position. I have Jimmy Graham. I have Rob Gronkowski, and uh, I have Hayden Hurst. So I haven't quite solidified that. Jimmy Graham had a great week one week, and then – Gronkowski hasn't even showed up at all this year. I think he's still in retirement, basically. Hayden Hurst was a good – I'll shout out to you, Ryan. You, you told me he's a good pick, and I went in and picked him in the draft. I think he's a solid guy. Uh, I might have to put him as my starter because he's just been solid. But Jimmy Graham has had that potential to, to go off. I think acquiring Allen Robinson from you is another trade we made earlier in the year. That was, I think that's a good pick. I mean, he, he's getting the touches. I think the, the Bears are 3-1. and one. Nick Foles is their starter now. He – I, th- I have confidence that he can deliver the ball. So those are my key contributors. I'm not – I mean, I know Le'Veon Bell has been injured, but I'm not confident with the Jets right now. With Adam yeah, Gaze. I think with Le'Veon, yeah. I mean, we know he has the talent because he's right. shown us the talent, you know, back in his years with, with Pittsburgh. You know, his relationship with, with Coach Adam Gaze is just – it's not good. It's, it's not, not good at all. Yeah. It, yeah, it's not a relationship at all. Thank you. Uh, just – I mean, foundation-wise on that, and let's say, and this is not far out of the picture, but let's say Adam Gaze gets canned, Bill O'Brien style, you know, next week. I mean, that would catapult, given health, given health, Le'Veon, because, you know, whoever the new coach that comes in, I mean, Le'Veon is talent. He's talent, and he's shown us that. So with Le'Veon, it's more of a long-term, you know, wait a couple weeks, but you're never going to drop him. You're never going to drop Le'Veon Bell unless, you know, obviously injury comes into play. But, but I think right now, um, if he comes back and he shows some, some progress and then who knows what happens coaching situation-wise, still that's going to be a key piece. But viewers, if you would like more of this fantasy talk and this fantasy-driven talk, specifically with the league that we're in, let us know because me and Peter, we can talk all day about our fantasy league. We can dive in. We can look at matchups. But like I said, it's a 10-team league, very competitive because everyone in our league is, is not shy from, from expressing their opinions and their smack talk. So it's a very fun league to be in, and, and it's a 10-team league. So talent pretty much is spread out across, mm-hmm. but not to the point where it's like an A-team league where every team is stacked. So still, you got to be smart with your acquisitions. you got to be smart with your trades. But, but yeah, that's where we stand four weeks in, 25% of the year in. Um, with Peter's team, doesn't matter. Mm. And with my team, my team name, I, I haven't mentioned yet, but I, I've been changing my team name just because some of the Changes trades, the <laughs> yeah, some of the trades that I've been, been in, you know, unfortunately, I have to trade away the team or with the name that, that I used for my team name because I like to be a little punny with them. But right now, my team name is Babu Zeke Show. And so for all the Star Wars fans out there, everyone knows Babu Frick, who was in the newest episode, uh, episode nine you know, very, very charismatic character. You know, the, the, three, droid, in the, the three. The droid is ready. <laughs> you know, he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. And um, I, I chose that name when I acquired Zeke because I knew he was going to be a uh, very, very essential piece to my team. And I said, my team is ready now that I have Zeke. So we're good. We're good to go. My team's 4-0. I'm confident. 
and I'm going to talk my smack. But yes, fantasy talk, always, always fun with Peter, always fun with the rest of the team. Please, again, let your brother know there's still a long season. There's still a long season, all right? I will. He has I time. Will. He has time. I've been telling as you. Do you yeah. As do you, as do you, Peter. Um, but yeah, we'll segue now into some real football. A lot of fantasy talk in the last 30 minutes. We'll segue into some real football. Mm. Peter. Sure. First and foremost, how are the predictions that you made in our previous NFL-driven podcast going? I think they're going not well for me. <laughs> I will say Kyler Murray. We, we both, I think we both predicted that he would go off. And we both put our money where our mouth is. I drafted Kyler Murray as my quarterback and then have traded it to you. So we've seen the fruits of our labor, so to speak. <laughs> I think he's done really well. I mean, he's, he's turned the ball over a little bit, but he's looking great, you know, running the ball and obviously throwing the ball as a quarterback. Maybe not reaching the, the stat lines that I had predicted. I think I said 40, 40 touchdowns or something like that and 4,000 yards. I don't think he'll quite get there. But DeAndre Hopkins' acquisition and him have – they fit beautifully. I think they, they set records in the first three weeks. I don't know exactly how they played in week four, but I think he's doing well. Uh, Kyler Murray is definitely, uh, definitely a good pick for us on the predictions. My uh, two picks on the defensive side of the ball, my breakout player and my uh, defensive MVP, not so good. And this is uh, going back to what we talked about in our previous podcast about the NFL and that injuries will come into play. Now, I'm not saying maybe preseason or not had something to do with this, but Greedy Williams has been nicked up since the, I think, training camp. Just got an injury with Grant Delpit, another LSU player. On this, I think on the same play, they went, both went down. Fortunately, Greedy will be coming back this year, but my prediction that he'll lead the league in interceptions was uh, uh, it's, it's not, not looking too good. It's not a good TBH, not too, too hot of a pick. But, you know, he, he might come back and still still come back to play. Stick I, with I, your pick. Yeah, stick yeah. with your pick. Yeah. I'm sticking with it. I'm getting greedy. I'm staying yeah. greedy. <laughs> <laughs> now, I can't get greedy with my other pick, my defensive MVP, Nick Bosa. Torn ACL, I believe. Yeah, torn hmm. ACL. Out for the season. There, there's, no, there's no coming back from that. Uh, I said he would lead the league in sacks. That's not going to happen, unfortunately. I, I hope for a speedy recovery. Again, we kind of predicted this in preseason with, because there's no preseason this year that these injuries will come up. Some people will get nicked up, and I think we've seen it. But I will say also that the, the play has been pretty good. Uh, it's been, they look, everyone looks pretty fresh. Uh, they look like they've been ready to play. Uh, so I think the product on the field has been solid. Uh, it's definitely weird without the fans and everything like that. It, it feels like you're watching a practice almost. It's, it's a ghost town. Uh, but they're doing what they can with what they have. Uh, and I'm just excited to see football again. I think we both chose Patrick Mahomes as our MVP. Is that right? You, no, no, you chose no. you chose Mr. Unlimited. I chose Patrick Unlimited. Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, I'll let you speak to this, Peter, but Mahomes is amazing. Four weeks in, amazing. I mean, still showing everything that he's been doing previous and now he's just letting it all out there but mr yeah. unlimited though mm. Ooh, i'll let you talk first though go ahead, yeah, go no, ahead patrick please. i mean i just patrick Mahomes. what can you say he's a defending super bowl champ defending super bowl mvp he's got an mvp already he's got that big old contract 
and he's now on TV. I see him in a lot of commercials. We, maybe he's cashing in a little bit, but hey, I mean, let the man have his spoils. You know, he's earned it. He's earned it in his first three years. He's looking good. I mean, what can you say? Looks like an MVP candidate. Uh, he's looking so good, and the Chiefs looking good, and we'll talk a little bit more on that. But I do have to give a shout out to you on the pick for Mister Unlimited. He has unlimited, awesome, unlimited. Yeah, so that's going to be definitely when I'm looking back at my at my predictions. I mean, that's something that I'm proud of because I thought Russell Wilson was going to have a phenomenal year, but four weeks in, did I think he was going to have this good of a year? I'd be lying to you if I said I did. Definitely, I've been impressed with Russell Wilson. I've been impressed with. You know, a few other candidates, some that we didn't mention, Josh Allen, phenomenal play mm. with Buffalo, undefeated, 4-0. We'll get, we'll get into that. Um, but, but as far as some of the predictions that I've made, you know, Kinlaw, the rookie mm. that I liked, really liked out of, out of San Francisco, he hasn't really produced to much extent right now. And I think that um, the basis of my uh, thesis was having Nick Bosa there helps him out as well. And as to your point, and as you mentioned, Nick Bosa is out for the year, wishing him a speedy recovery uh, with his injury. But that hurts. That hurts that because he's what he's shown in his rookie year. I mean, that's explosive, explosive um, on the defensive side of the ball. So he, his pick, I'm not, I'm not jumping and, and saying, I told you so with that one. And then going into my defensive MVP, I went with Khalil Mack, and although Chicago is 3-1, and one, I let you know the thesis or the, the real foundation of that thesis was they have a light schedule to start off the year, which they do, and that's why they're 3-1. and one. But outside of that, I mean, Chicago hasn't been a team, and we'll see them later today, or for the viewers, you'll kind of know what transpired in that game against the Bucks on Thursday Night Football today. And they haven't really been impressive with their wins. I know that they had that comeback against Atlanta, um, but they lost last week to the Colts. I don't know. They're, they're not really that flashy, and Khalil Mack hasn't been at that forefront and the reason why that they've been stacking up their Ws. It's just maybe a case of the other team isn't really playing well as opposed to you know them just exceeding expectations. There's uh, cracks in the armor. Yeah, there's definitely cracks in the armor. And with Khalil Mack, he's someone, a household name on the defensive side of the ball that showed he's more than capable of being a defensive MVP. It's just... I mean, he only has 1.5 sacks in four games, and you expect more from someone like Khalil. You definitely expect more. So that pick I'm not too extravagant about as well. Uh, offensive side of the ball, we did, as you, as you mentioned right now, uh, Kyler Murray, 2-2, two and two, Cliff Kingsbury offense. I think DeAndre Hopkins adds a lot to that offense. He's shown a lot more rushing ability, as he's shown back in his days in the Sooner uniform, that he's explosive as ever on the ground. Um, with some really, really impressive uh, runs, you know, mm -hmm. touchdown runs where he does like a nice little, ah, 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 you know, hezzy move to, 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 yeah, keep the defense on freeze mode. And, and so he's been, he's been impressive, but I think for him to really get that offensive and he really needs to take that forefront because he has one of the top three receivers in the league in DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Kenyon Drake. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a touchy subject for you. Touchy subject for me now. Cause Kenyon Drake was acquired by me through trade. Uh, he was originally on Peter's team in fantasy, but he hasn't really shown much of, of I, I feel like he's gotten the touches, but he's just, he's yeah, not taking advantage of it. Exactly. And, and so that's why I'm very frustrated with that, but he's not someone that 
has has lived up to the expectation that the Cardinals had and Kyler had. So I think once he gets going, if he gets going, it will free up a lot for Kyler to be really able to do his thing. Um, but outside of that, Kyler, not still. I'm very, very strong about that pick. And then moving forward to my, the pick that I'm just so, so happy about, I made. And I'm not a Seahawks fan, not in any universe, but I'm a Russell Wilson fan. And he showed this year and years past, as we mentioned, and as we talked about in previous podcasts, he's always been someone that's been consistent. He's put up the numbers, but there's always been someone that just beats him out. Not this year and not through four games this year. I mean, he's been incredible. 16 touchdowns, 16 throwing touchdowns um, leading up to this point. He's on pace for 64 touchdowns. I'm not going to give you a hot take and say he's going to get there. But 16 touchdowns, uh, throwing touchdowns has been incredible through uh, four weeks. His receiving core has been nothing short of exceptional, although Tyler Lockett had a bad week last week from the weeks prior. DK Metcalf has been phenomenal. Phenomenal. And then you add uh, more as well in there. Russell Wilson has been making these throws all his career, but but I think now, I mean, it's just it's just highlighted to the max. And it's crazy because, I mean, you look at Seattle, and, and they're playing Minnesota this week. Any other year, I think five years or three years or two years ago, or even last year, you would think, oh, that's going to be a defensive game. You're not starting anybody. But now I think the over-under is set at like 57 and a half. Ooh, my goodness, that's going to be a shootout. Goodness. And and to see how some of these teams have shifted um, as far as system-wise, Seattle's looking like an offensive powerhouse right now mm-hmm. uh, with Russ at the forefront, and Russ is leading that. I can't be more happy uh, that I selected him as my prediction. I'm going to ride with it, of course, throughout the rest of the year, but honorable mention, definitely someone that we haven't really touched on at all is is Josh Allen. He's been phenomenal for that Bills team. For He's sure. Currently at, at undefeated 4-0 atop the uh, – the AFC East who has been really, I mean, it's been new England's division for, for the last, I don't know, as long as me and you can remember. So I think now that the, the bills are at the top, I mean, it may be a, a, a toss of the baton or a change of the baton in that aspect, but, but yeah, with, with Russ and our predictions, I'm pretty much happy with mine. Although, like I mentioned, defensive side of the ball, different story, but offensive, of the offensive side of the ball, I'm, I'm happy with Kyler and Russ. No limits. Shown no, no limits. limits. We just need him to cook. Let Russ cook. Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> Mr. Emerald Lagasse. I mean, I don't care. You can name him Gordon Ramsay. Let the man cook because he's shown that he's capable of, if you give him the wheel, he will drive it. And he will drive it far. Mm. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. sir. Oh, good stuff, man. I think our predictions are going to come to fruition. The good ones, I mean, our MVP ones are definitely going to be close together on that one. I think it's a good time to segue. You were just talking about it, the Bills. That's actually what I do have on next on my list. And start talking about the teams that have kind of surprised us. So, yes, let's get into the Bills. They're 4-0 right now. Josh Allen has been playing absolutely phenomenal. 12 touchdowns, one interceptions, one interception, excuse me. And, yeah, he's in that MVP talk. It's something that I didn't think was going to ever happen. I I mean, he's got all the tools. I mean, if you make the NFL as a quarterback, you have all the tools to do it. But 
actually putting his foot forward and maybe even looking better than Sam Darnold, who was in that same draft, who would have knew? Not me. So it's been very interesting to see the Bills do well, mixing their obviously great play with Josh Allen with solid defense. Sean McDermott has. I mean, they look good. They look like they're going to win the NFC East. I mean, NFC, yeah, NFC East. Our AFC East. AFC. Excuse, excuse me, excuse me. You're good, but you're uh, good. I guess talking about the other team in that league is the Patriots, Cam Newton, Bill Belichick. Getting along famously, maybe. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean... I'm, I'm I'm putting all my chips in the Bills. I'm putting all my chips on the Bills. Um, that division has been owned by Bill Belichick. Tom dollar Brady. dollar bill. Dollar dollar bill. But I I think this is the year. This is the final. I mean, Cam Newton. I hope that you know he recovers from COVID well. I know that he's tested positive last week, and and kind of Stefan Gilmore and and the dominoes are are falling. Unfortunately, in the wrong direction right now with that team, but they've shown that you know they're gonna stick to their game plan. They're gonna utilize Cam in that goal line running back, if you will. Um, but outside of that, their defense—it's it, not the defense of last year where they were getting pick sixes from every single team in the league. I like the Bills. I think that Diggs has found his home mm. in, in Buffalo. I know that he's shown what he's capable of doing back in Minnesota. But I think that with Buffalo, with Josh Allen, Josh Allen, my goodness. Wonderful, wonderful. I mean, if we knew, if we knew what was going to transpire and, and how well he was going to be playing, I mean, he could have gone as what? The first, second, third quarterback taken in any fantasy draft. I know we like to bring up fantasy, but it's part of the game now. So we'll, mm. we'll, we'll always bring it up. But Josh Allen has been phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yes, sir. And and Mr. Cole Beasley, too. I'll shout out Cole Beasley. He's someone that is always going to be a complimentary piece to that number one receiver, but he's always so solid. Like he's always, I mean, he's not flashy. He's not ever going to be mentioned with the likes of like a Julio or a Mike Thomas, but he's just, I mean, Julian Edelman esque, you know, that mm -hmm. put him in the slot and he's going to give you like, you know, six receptions, 70 yards, and hopefully drag a touchdown routes for every days. game. Drag routes. Just put them in. Just drag route it out, you know? And and so that's why the Bills, piecewise, I mean, both sides of the ball, they're very sound. I mean, defensively too. Offensively, we've seen it. Um, they're they're going to take that division. They're going to take that division for sure. I feel that. I a feel team, that. A team that... Or I should even say I'm gonna I'm gonna go into not even just a team but just a whole division mm. NFC least I'm sorry did I say least I'm sorry NFL East uh, apologies for that what the hell's going on over there man I mean you look at the you look at the standings right now and you got atop the NFC East is the Philadelphia Eagles at a measly one win two loss, one tie record. They're sitting atop of that division. Washington sitting at one and three. Dallas is sitting at one and three. And then the New York Giants sitting at 0-4. They've been terrible. That whole division has been, been terrible. I don't want to spend too much time on, on this, but, but they're terrible. 
they're, they're, I mean, the whole division, Dwayne Haskins just got benched for, and, and not, he's not even the second string quarterback now. I think he's the third string quarterback just released today. Um, and then the Giants, unfortunate with the, the news of Saquon Barkley injuring in the in week two. And then Dallas. I mean, they should be 0-4 if not for that miracle comeback against the Falcons. But it's not really a miracle when it's against the Falcons. <laughs> it's, just, it's just it was a normal. Yeah, it's just a normal <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> but but that division, very disappointing. I mean, I'm not going to say I thought all of the, the division would be competitive, but I mean, come on now. I mean, you got no teams over 500 or even at 500. It doesn't look joke. good. It's a joke of the division. So I'll, I'll, I'll sweep that. I'll get it out of the, I'll get that out. But with, with a division that I have been impressed with, NFC West. I mean, that competition-wise, I mean, we went going into the year, we thought that, you know, all those four teams will be competitive. But I think the play that we've seen with all four of those teams, I mean, very capable of all four of those teams, or not necessarily all four, but but definitely um, all those teams have playoff contention ability. Sure. And and without a doubt, I mean, and, and looking at the standings right now, the, the last place team is the team that represented the NFC last year in the Super Bowl. And it's the 49ers. They're sitting at two and two, fourth place in that division. Um, but Seattle, we mentioned them, 4-0. They've been incredible. If they can keep that run up, it's going to be scary. It's really going to be scary. Um, LA Rams, three and one. Mm. I mean, their, their backfield from a fantasy perspective is a little frustrating because it's like a carousel. Like who, who, who is McVay going to slot in there in that running back position? But they've shown, I mean, Jared Goff hasn't been great, but he's been good enough to get them that three and one. And then we spoke about Kyler um, two and two. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. If you were to just show their play and not tell me their record, I, I would say, you know, they look like a two and two ball club right now. So, so they're very much in it, but yeah, that whole division, very, very impressive. One more team before I, I pass the mic to you, Peter, that, I, that I'd like to mention. Outside of the Kansas City, because, I mean, you could ask, you could ask our grandma, mama, about who's the best team, and she's going to say Kansas City just because of the fact that, I mean, come on now, it's Kansas City. 4-0, first team ever in four consecutive seasons to start 4-0. I'd like to bring that stat up. Incredible stat. Um, and, and a testament to Andy Reid. Um, and, and as you've seen in years past, they've always been a team that starts off well and then they'd have to adjust to you know, certain things. And, and in past years, before last year, they weren't a team able to do so. Last year, won the Super Bowl, as we all know. And this year, again, starting 4-0. First team ever, consecutively, four years in a row starting 4-0. They're amazing in September. Don't bet against Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes in September. That's just not a good thing to do. Also, again, sorry, I'm kind of going back and no, forth. Go but for it, last man. team I'd like to uh, go over is the Green Bay Packers. Mr. Mm. Aaron Rodgers has been nothing short of exceptional. 4-0, um, one of those wins coming at the expense of our beloved New Orleans Saints um, in, in uh, Sunday night football week three. But man, Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Rodgers, um, he has been exceptional. I think, and, and there's a lot of angles to look at it, but I think, just drafting Jordan Love in the first round really just pissed him off. And Aaron Rodgers has been someone in the media has been, you know, very expressive. But at the same time, you kind of know where his mood is at. And definitely uh, after drafting Jordan Love in the first round of the, of the 2020 draft, 
definitely ticked him off because, I mean, the Packers, I can't remember the last time they've drafted a positional player in the first round. I, I really can't. And, and so that's somewhere where in this year in specific, there was abundance of talent in the wide receiver position, as, as mm-hmm. you know, Peter, um, in the draft. And, and they chose to draft a quarterback, which didn't really make sense at the time. Still doesn't really make much sense. I think it's more so of a long-term investment. But it just showed, and maybe it sparked that fire that, that needed to be ignited uh, with Aaron Rodgers and that team, 4-0. And dating back to last year with the... Um, with the coach, what, what's the coach's name again? Sorry, I'm Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. Yeah. LaFleur, yes. Sorry. You want to mention um, the, the millennial coaches and all their... Yeah, little- the millennial Cliff Kingsbury, you know, you know, got a little, you know, five o'clock shadow, scruff, you know, young, <laughs> good looking guy. Th- that's the trend nowadays, apparently. There's a pattern here. There's a pattern, yeah. <laughs> uh, again, different different topic for a different discussion. But, but yeah, Green Bay, dating back to last year with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, they went 13 and 3 last year, 4 and 0 this year. Well, if you count the loss or the the absolute destruction that they <laughs> that they had in the in the NFC Championship mm-hmm. under Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, they're 17 and 4. That's I'll take that any any day. Very impressive. So if if you're a cheesehead, you got to be happy with with the way that the Packers have been playing, but Peter, I'd like to know or if you'd like to piggyback or or just some of your opinions on on some of the teams and and teams that you've been in, in real, really impressed with or, or teams that have let you down a little bit. I want to hear sure, you. Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm going to piggyback right off for you in the NFC East. I think it's time for each of those teams to press the panic button. I know Washington and uh, the giants weren't, you know, hyped to be any good this year, but still come on now, we got to be a little <laughs> bit more competitive. And I know I chose the Cowboys uh, as my Super Bowl prediction. Ah, you did. You did. You did. Very early. Again, I read very, very, yeah. very early. But there's still a chance. Hey, I Dak is still looking good. I like what I'm seeing from CeeDee Lamb. They, they have the talent. Just hear me out now. They have the talent. They can pull this out now. Now, the Eagles, I don't know. With Carson Wentz, it's like, it's like he's out to prove something. Uh, because he didn't win that Super Bowl. And I don't know if that's affecting his play. Maybe I'm reaching or, or I don't know, may- making something up. But ever since like they made that Super Bowl run and he wasn't the quarterback in the playoffs, he just hasn't looked as good as, as, as they were when they went 13-3 in the regular season with him. So they've got to figure some things out. I know maybe the receiver, they don't have much of a receiving core, but you know they did, as a Super Bowl team before, they, they, there's cracks in the armors like we just said with the Bears. There's cracks in the armor, but that division's up in the air. Still have faith that the, the Cowboys can pull it out on that. But each each of those teams should probably hit the panic button. Yeah. Uh, in terms yeah. of uh, other teams that you talked about, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers. How does Stephen A. Smith say it? Aaron Rodgers. That's a bad man. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has looked awesome. Uh, he looks like the Aaron Rodgers of old. I mean, he said it, though, I think a few days ago where he's like, you know, bad year, which I guess we can consider last year a bad year. They went 13-3. and three. But, you know, a bad year for him is a good year for most quarterbacks. So it looks like he still has it. Uh, he's doing what, what he has as a receiving core and uh, with Aaron Jones as a running back. I mean, they look good. They look like the Packers of old when they were winning Super Bowls. So they look great. Looking forward to see them. Uh, I know they beat our Saints, but looking forward to see them uh, go far in the NFC. Um. Yeah, I think uh, 
we pretty much covered most of the teams that uh, that we talked about. The NFC West has looked very impressive. All teams are competitive, even when the Niners have lost Jimmy G. You know, they're still competitive. They're two and two. They're right in there. The Rams was a team that I was looking at as a prediction, but I just couldn't quite quite buy in. Uh, you know, they you know they they've been great for what I think the first two three years under McVay, and then last year they kind of regressed and they spent all this money, and then they also made a bunch of trades that filled their salary cap and also lost some draft picks. So that's where my hesitancy came in with them. But maybe I shouldn't have doubted them. They, Sean McVay is a brilliant young coach. And, you know, they, they look solid. They look competitive. So that's going to be an interesting division. There is an extra playoff spot this year. So that whole division could be in the playoffs very well. Yeah. And, and lastly, before we end our, our NFL talk um, with how things have transpired, how are you feeling about our Saints, our Houdat Nation? I should say, just quick, quick little take on it. Who that nation, man? Drew Brees is fortunately he's he's, he's been getting old and it, it, it's really showing signs. I mean, I've been saying this shoot since 2013. He's he's looked kind of old and he's been playing off his wits. And to his credit, though, he's been playing still been better than your average quarterback playing plays uh, playing based off his wits. So, you know, it. I, I love Drew Brees for what he's done for the Saints in New Orleans, but. Man, he's he's looking old. Uh, he did look good last game, but I can't expect them to to go far. They they have a very very low ceiling is is what I see with them. Their defense is kind of digressing. It, it's solid still, but it is digressing. Uh, they're gonna have to pull off really good play over this next few weeks. I mean, I think they can still make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't think they can take that step forward that's needed to really go over the hump that they've been they've been battling this last three years. And you know, I'm a I'm a Saints fan. I'll still cheer for them, but I'm just I uh, the, the ceiling is low for me on them. I, yeah. I just don't see it. Yeah, I'm kind of on a, a very similar boat with that as as you, Peter. Just because I mean, we know quarterback is the most important and vital position in the NFL, in football in general. And and with Drew, I mean, he still shows signs of, oh, he still got it. But at the same time, you know, when it's going bad, it's like really, really under a microscope. And it's like, oh, yeah, this just definitely does not look good as far as kind of his just awareness all around, his touch with the football. It's just arm that, strength. We yeah, have arm, strength. arm strength. That's, that's a big thing that even before he kind of hit that end of his prime, I mean, it's always been one of the traits that have has not really gone well from it. It's just his arm strength has not been there. And then with quarterback play now, I mean, we see it with all the top quarterbacks, Mahomes, Lamar, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson. You got to be able to be mobile to an extent. You know, you're, you're not going to be all Lamar Jackson's and breaking off 50 t- yard, you know, touchdown runs every game, but you have to be a bit, you have to have that ability to, you know, scramble and gain positive yards. It's not just a throw it out of bounds and, and let's go second down 10, you know, type of mentality anymore. It's like, oh, shoot, you're, you know, you're getting pressed. It's first down, you know, let me gain at least two or three or hell, even 30 yards um, in some cases. So that's where I think the league is shifting and it, it kind of to, to, Drew Brees' expense and, and I mean, age, although yes, it's just a number in Drew Brees' case, it's definitely shown more than that. Um, but yeah, without Mike Thomas though, throughout the first, you know, three and a half games it, that you have to take into context as well. But as a Saints fan, you mentioned it, I still have high hopes, but at the same time, you have to be very, very um, knowledgeable to the point that, you know, you know, Drew is not the Drew of 
2010, 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different. And they could very well pull it out. It's just they everything has to go right when you're when you're not able to throw you know ten more than ten yards on a consistent basis. It's very hard for you to to you know escape that ceiling. You really have to play your best game, and they can. They very well can, but a lot of things have to go right. Yeah. All right. So that's that's enough who dat talk. We're two and two. And we're still only one game out of the Tampa Bay Bucks who play again later today. Uh, so maybe I'm going to be rooting for the Bears today, but we'll see. Um, but we're only one game out of the division, so still plenty of football left to be played. We're going to segue. Thank you for sticking around this much. Um, we're going to segue into some of you and talk. We'll, we'll gift the audience some of you and talk. So what we're going to do here, Peter, we're going to do top three, as we always do with you and talk top three Ayun moments, but specifically for the NFL season and, and some Ayun moments that have really caught your attention. I want to know your top three. I'm really excited to know your top three uh, Ayun moments for the NFL year. Top Let's do three. it. Ayun. So my number three Ayun moment, we've been mentioning him all podcast long, Josh Allen. Mm. Mm. Had a game-winning throw with less than a minute to go. During that drive, they converted a third and 22. And just, I mean, they've been playing so well. I have to give a shout out to them. That's a, I mean, that's a gutsy drive. Whenever you lead a winning drive, that means, I mean, there's some conviction in you. Josh Allen's showing it. Like we've been saying, the MVP talk. And when he threw that pass for the game winner, that made me say, Ayun. Ayun. And that's a great Ayun moment. Josh Allen mentioned him all, all podcasts because I think he deserves it. He's been amazing. I mean, that drive alone just showed the, the, composure the confidence that he has still at very young age um, I still think that they should have won that game last year in the wild card round against the Texans um, they had that game mm. should have won that game but but still future is very bright if you're a Buffalo Bills fan you cannot be more happier with the play of, of Josh Allen that is a tremendous Ayun moment Peter mm. my third Ayun moment I, I I label mine or I like to give my my Ayun moments a title my moment is Falcons gonna Falcon. My goodness, I, and, and this I had this at my forefront of my of my Ayun uh, moments because I'm like, how can this not be? And I know we like to make Ayun moments as beautiful, great plays, but sometimes you just gotta be Ayun. Like, look at that again, <laughs> and that's exactly what I was doing. And as not even as just a Saints fan, just as a football fan. What are you doing, man? Falcons gonna Falcon had that opportunity, and in specific, the the play that I'm talking about is the the onside kick that the Dallas Cowboys attempted and recovered against the Falcons when they were leading by like a gazillion points going into the fourth. But as history shows, it doesn't matter how much you're up; it's just who you're playing. And if you're playing the Falcons, you're still gonna win the game. Um, just an absolute embarrassment as far as just I don't even know who to put the blame on. It's just all around. How can you not just jump on the ball? It's just knowing the situation. And and it looked like they were just huddled around a campfire waiting for that ball to sing Kumbaya to them. I don't know what it was. But we all know the ending to that game. Dallas recovers the ball and they drive and, and eventually win the game. I just thought, I mean, I won. Sorry, Falcon fans, but Ayon, that is my number three. Ayon, you hate to see it. 
you really hate to see it, don't you, Peter? And I hate to see it too. But the Falcons get a Falcon. I mean, what what more can you add to it? I mean, and they did it the next week against the Bears. So I mean, I'm not even going to add that to my Ayun moment. I'm just going to make it an all around. Just what are you doing, Falcons? I mean, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not even like the Bears. Even the next week, it's not even like you're having a Pat Mahomes to go against. I mean, you you have a 16 point lead against Nick Foles and and Mitch Trubisky. I mean, what more can you ask for? I don't know. I don't know. That That's my third IUN moment. It's just the Falcons all around. I mean, as a Saints fan, you can't be more happy, but at the end of the day, as an NFL fan, you're just like, I mean, how many more times can this, this go on? I think they're saying IUN as well. Ayun, good one. Ayun. Very good one. IUN. IUN. Very good one. My number two. It's a Saints pick. It's a little biased, but I have to say it, man. Alvin Kamara's 52-yard touchdown against the – it was against – I think it was against the Raiders. Or no, it was against the Green Bay Packers. It was against the Green the Bay Packers. Packers, Sunday night, slippery. Dude, that was a doozy of a run. Literally, I mean, he has been carrying the Saints offense. <laughs> I mean, that, that reminded me of beast mode almost. I mean, it, it was an amazing run. I He's been injured last year. It, clearly this year he's he's been he's been back. It just made me say, I yun. I mean, I mean, it was a 52-yard touchdown. Like, we just talked about Drew Brees not being able to throw it 10 yards. It was literally just a dump off, and he just turned it into a 52-yard touchdown. So, Oh, man. I yun. That is an I yun moment. Do you and not game? even – yeah. Not, not even a Saints fan would say that is a yun moment because it is. I mean, it's just a little, what, dump off in the flat. Get me five yards, if you will. No, get me 52 and a touchdown. Like, what a play. What a play. And, and that's the Camara that we saw in the first two years um, in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Because last year, albeit playing through an injury, different Camara. Um, but that play in itself, that, that's the perfect play to show you, oh, if someone were to ask you who's never seen Camara play, what's the style of his play? That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely um, evasive and, and just able to just slip on through break tackles but it's not in a power way by any stretch of the imagination it's more of a finesse it's fluid you know, he's it's just so fluid and and that play in itself and i was watching it too uh live that was something first thing i thought <laughs> so great great number two call peter and and of course can't be happier that it's our uh Houdat nation mr alvin Kamara, making that play my number two Although it's not a Houdat Nation, it's a Bayou connection. I have an LSU oh. special. I got Mr. Jarvis Landry. Yes, you heard it right if you didn't watch it or you're living under a rock. I got Jarvis Landry throwing a 37-yard touchdown pass to Mr. OBJ. What a play that was. Um, Uncle Robert, big time and lifetime Cleveland Browns fan, he was absolutely ecstatic as that play unfolded. But, I mean, what else can you say? I mean, this is something that we love to see as football fans, any type of trickery or, or play of this nature, you know, kind of like a Philly special, if you will. But, but this time, it was 37 yards. It wasn't no, like, you know, 10-yard pass in the backyard on a Saturday evening type vibe. Jarvis, and, and he even said it too. He, I think in an interview, he was like, man, it felt like I just went nine innings. You know, his <laughs> arm was just done. You know, put, it, put, put the ice back on it. Uh, but 
what a throw from Jarvis. I mean, that play can go really good, as we saw, or really bad. Mm-hmm. And, and to the Browns' favor and, and to both of those players' favor, it went really well. What a play that was to watch. And, and just to know that it was both Jarvis and, and Odell on the receiving mm-hmm. end of that, two best friends, and just... Go Tigers. I mean, yeah, go Tigers, baby, all day, every day. LSU connection. And the Browns ended up, and yes, sir. And, and, you know, that was the first play that kind of ignited that Browns offense. And they put up, ended up putting up 49 points against the Cowboys. I mean, 49 of them, thanks. Mm. And, and that was the play that kind of invigorated that. But I thought that was a phenomenal play. Um, and, of course, LSU, I mean, alumni, both of them. So a young moment for me. A young Ayun, Ayun, that was a great moment. I actually didn't, I kind of forgot because we actually were planning to do this podcast a week before, but that was a great addition. Uh, I couldn't have been more proud. Hell, I didn't even know Jarvis Landry was left-handed. So, but I mean, that <laughs> was right. a great throw. On a My dime. gosh, that's better than like maybe a third of the quarterbacks that are throwing right now. I mean, that <laughs> was on a dime. Put that on a silver platter for mm, him. Put me in, coach. That's My what he's gosh. Saying. Left-handed Ayun. too. Left-handed. All right. Yeah. Great pick, Anak. Great, great pick. My number one Ayan moment is actually, uh, you just mentioned it a little while back. One man's choke is another man's comeback. The, the Cowboys came back against the Falcons. As you just mentioned, the onside kick is obviously the one that people remember. I don't even know what the Falcons were doing. They were playing hot potato with it or something. Who knows? You can you can jump on the ball before ten yards. You don't have to wait. But you know that hey, Falcons are gonna Falcons. You hate to see it, but it made me say Ayun. Now maybe the <laughs> I will say the Cowboys. I don't know why they went for two in that situation a little back, but yeah, it's whatever. It worked in their favor. They're one in three. I'm still hanging with my pick that they're gonna make it to the Super Bowl, even though I'm a Houdat fan, even though that they're one in three and that division sucks. I'm going to go with the Cowboys as my prediction pick. You're probably all going to hate me a few weeks down the line. But that moment made me say, Ayun. Ayun. Ayun moment indeed. I know that was my number three, Ayun. I mean, three, two, one. It could have been anywhere in that mix. And and for you, I'm, I'm glad actually you put it at number one, just so everyone out there can really understand and grasp that, man, this is just ridiculous. Like, you can't even script this up. You can't even script this up. I mean, I don't understand how you're not aware of the situation. I mean, just jump on the ball. It, it, I mean, it, it wasn't even a great onside kick. It was a terrible onside kick. Squibber. Squibber, yeah. I don't even know <laughs> what in the world he was doing on that play. But all you got to do is jump on the ball. Jump on the ball. But yeah, I mean... We just spoke a lot about it. Falcons gonna Falcon. Ayun Ayun. I mean, I mean, nothing can get worse than in the Super Bowl. You know, Super Bowl when they when they twenty eight three blew that lead. But I mean, the Falcons are like, you know what? Let me show you what's worse. And they keep doing it week in and week out. And it's just an embarrassment uh, for that organization for for them to just blow, blow consistent leads like that. And they're not even like three point or seven point leads. In the, I mean, these are like double digit leads that they're blowing. So, Ayon, 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 Ayon. And, and thank you, Anak, for also doing this because it's like it's showing the viewers as well. Ayon, not always good. Not mm-hmm. always good. 
You know, I know that in our basketball segment, it was all buzzer beater, great moments, you know, beautiful plays. But but moving forward and, and in general, our Ayun moments are not comprised of just great moments. Sometimes it's just, what in the world just happened? Ayun. <sighs> great number one. Great number mm. one. My number one. I mean, we actually kind of flip-flopped because you're... Your number three is my number one. Oh, well, hello. Oh, wait, actually, I'm sorry. Wait, wait. What was your number three? Kamara? No, mine was uh, Josh Allen. So number two. Okay, okay. Never mind. I, I, I hold my breath and I got two ahead of myself. But mm. my number one is Super Camario. Lights, camera, action, Captain Camerica, whatever you want to call him. Alvin Camara, Alvin and the Chipmunks. I mean, he is amazing. Amazing. And, and you described the play so well earlier um, with your number two, Ayun moment. It's that same moment, same moment, just breaking tackles. And he's doing it so effortlessly. It looks like a Steph Curry out there just kind of gliding on through, mm. just doing his own thing. And he gets there. I mean, I don't know. I, I forget how many tackles he broke. It was like, it's know, like the whole six team or seven, the whole team out there. I mean, you even had Matt LaFleur out there trying to tackle him. And he couldn't tackle him. I mean, it was just a brilliant play. Although the outcome of the entire game wasn't what we wanted as Saints fans, at least we were gifted a beautiful moment. And a moment that, you know, I will remember for a long time, uh, just due to the fact that it was one of those plays that was incredible to watch live. Um, and It was. Really I think was. on paper, a lot of people are going to see that Kamara reception. And yes, the credit goes to Kamara. I think all the credit goes to Kamara because when they're going to see a 50-whatever-yard touchdown from Drew Brees, no, it was just give it to Kamara. That was a beautiful It was basically play. a handoff in the, yeah, it was a handoff in the flat. <laughs> in the flat. And, and I forgot who it was, but I, I, I recollect uh, someone just – one of our O-line – alignment. I think it was, yeah, was it McCoy? Might have been McCoy. I, think I don't it, know either. It might have been McCoy. But he was just, you know, sprinting like his 40 speed, like <laughs> directly at that defender. I mean, props to him, too, for making that um, tackle, too. But it, it was an amazing play. That was my number one Ayun moment uh, so far, 25% into this NFL season. I'm, I'm happy with yours, too, um, as well, Peter. I know we shared some, but, but I think definitely adding Josh Allen in there into Ayun. the mix, uh, deservingly so. Ayun, thank you for sticking around for our top three Ayun moments. We love to do them. I hope you guys love to listen to them because um, these are just moments that really get the senses tingling for, for Peter and myself. But yeah, those, those were just some, some incredible plays, incredible plays. Yes, indeed. This has been fun, Ryan. I think we're pretty much going to put a wrap on this episode. It's been fun. Ayun to that Ayun moments. Really good. We went over so many things. Always happy to talk with you. And talk with our viewers. Give, give them some FaceTime. That's right. And and viewers, again, we appreciate you from Peter and myself. We appreciate you guys for, for showing the love. Um, even clicking that view button and just viewing us for 10, 15 or the whole thing. We're, we're so happy that you guys have, have shared um, how you guys feel and, and your, your support for us. Um, more videos to come, as always. Um, but yes, visit that comment section below. Don't be shy. Um, please voice your opinion and, and me and Peter are happy to, to have this open discussion with you guys as well because you guys mean so much to us. Um, but yeah, that's it for this NFL talk. Peter, any last, um, any last words for the viewers and for myself? 
I'm good. I mean, again, like you just said, visit the comment section below. We appreciate you just viewing it. I know a lot of y'all like the golf stories, but I'm, I love doing this other sports too. So I'm going to keep doing these along with those golf stories videos. Uh, and when I say my, your words mean something to me, I really do mean that. So good, bad, ugly, hot take, whatever it is, comment below, like it, subscribe it, share it with your friends, do whatever. It's, it's, uh, it's always fun with me and I'm going to keep doing this. We're going to keep doing this. Hope you enjoy it. Again, this is Ryan and Peter with the Anox Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We love you, Christian. Peace. Yes, sir.